NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This episode is brought to you by Columbia Sportswear. It's snowing again, and that wind chill is killer. But you're not worried about that because you shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection. It's warmth perfected with tiny gold dots that reflect your body heat inside and protect you from the cold outside. No snow or chilly temps can stop you now. Go out anyway. Shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection now at Columbia.com slash infinity. We actually are high grade cricket. Hello and welcome to the Great Cricketer Podcast on today's show. Both Australia and England make it impossible to tell if either one is good, but also make it incredibly easy to come away with binary absolutes about both of them. Australia give us a second taste of absolutely gas-trucking a run trace in the space of a week, while England complete their 18th remarkable comeback of the summer. We're talking collapses, TV rights deals, bubbles, worn commentary, and the future, and know that this will mean everything until the next thing happens. Hashtag AskTGC provides an update from Connor, Cricket in New Jersey, and what TGC is doing to your brain. This episode is brought to you by Budgie Smuggler, where you can get your customized face mask at budgiesmuggleruk.com. You can also check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash great cricket for more exclusive content every single week. You can also find this episode right now on YouTube, as well as full interviews and cut downs of the show. If you want to comment, like, subscribe, all those usual things on the internet, please do that because it helps us, helps us out a lot. My name is Ian Higgins, and I'm joined by Sam Perry Pezzy Lad. How are you? Uh-huh. Nice little trill at the top of that. I don't know what's well, going on. no, well, thank you, mate. You always make it feel like there's stuff happening in cricket when often there isn't. It's like lipstick on a pig. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you've put it on. There's something on there. Okay. Well, mate, in the light of um, Australia's epic batting collapse there in Manchester in the second mm. and ODI, that's happened overnight for us. Um, have you got any good collapse stories? Have you been through a collapse? Have you been through something? Yeah, I've, no, I've been through collapses for sure. I think most people who've listened to the cast will have experienced a collapse, whether whether being on the you know the positive side or the negative side. Like, uh, and, and, you know, and it makes me makes me remember that like anyone who tells you that cricket is an individual game masquerading as a team game obviously hasn't gone through a collapse because it's like a virus a collapse, like sweeping through the team. You know, you're sitting there at number seven or eight, Mm -hmm. scrambling to get your pads on and you're watching all of your better teammates, your Mm -hmm. better batters as teammates ahead of you get out and you just Mm -hmm. think, well, they they're out. I've got to get out mm. now as well. Uh, they're so, objectively uh, better than you as yeah, well. Yeah, and you get and you and you. It's all the same stuff. It's a ritual, like a you know. You hear the hyena laughing when mm. you get out, you, mm. you, or it's the oh my god, you know, when someone gets <laughs> yeah. out, or, and then number of te- ten and eleven scoring more runs than everybody else. Yeah, um, it's one of cricket's great rituals. But I, I want. I mean, that's not really the collapse that I want to talk about. What did I mean, you want? Well, to talk the big about? collapse that's really gone on, um, and it's apt given global events. You know. It's, um, Sure, like, like like the economic collapse that's going on at the moment. Sure, the Great Depression is going to come. Well, talk about. 
Well, I think I feel like the first world kind of rebuilt a few good partnerships after the GFC. Okay. Um, but there's more, yeah, there's a few chips to cover mm-hmm. coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a few runouts ahead of us economically speaking. And um, yeah, I just feel like there was always going to be trouble once Nixon cancelled the gold standard uh, in 1971. Sure. If you catch my drift, just around hyperinflation and stuff. But who has the AAA ratings is what I want to know. There's something about like the, um, the, like the tension and the silence in a dressing room during yeah. a during a collapse of that magnitude, and then someone, usually a senior figure, possibly the captain, when the, the when like the the sixth wicket falls in a collapse. No, maybe not that. Maybe not as far as that. Fourth or fifth. Things are going well at two down, yeah. and then it starts falling. And then it starts yeah. falling because yeah. to you have can't a collapse, collapse, yeah, you can't collapse you from a foundation. the start. There's you need need a foundation, foundation. Need so, yeah. and a good foundation. And a good foundation. The and it's usually the captain who will say something like "fuck's sake, boys." Yeah. Or it's like Pierce, pierces the silence. Pierces the silence, yeah. yeah. Fucking hell, lads. And as though him saying that, and he's normally a bloke. Yes. Him saying that will somehow change the yeah. the butterfly effect. And the great thing is that he's usually already out. He's exactly. been part of the collapse. Yeah. But it's he's now um, putting responsibility on his team mm-hmm. as a leader. Now it definitely just is mm-hmm. the captain. Now I'm talking about Aaron Finch. Mm. <laughs> It's just he's he's placing the pressure on everyone else to perform the job that he himself could yeah. not have done. And we often talk about collapse collapses from the perspective of those who are experiencing the collapse, as in going through it, collapsing. Yeah. But there is the perspective of those who are affecting the collapse as well. And like I've been on that side only a few times. Feels rarer than actually being part of collapse. Mm. And you still fight like it's a very Western idea, but. You start running through a team. You're like, you beauty. Mm. This is great. They're all got like, and you, you cock a hoop. It's so funny. Lunch, nothing's funnier. Nothing's funnier. Mm. Exactly. And then 10 or 11 come out and score runs and you actually end up, you, you end up bowling them out for 60 or 70 anyway. Yeah. And they've scored 30 and you end up getting still really risable about the fact that they've scored runs and you're more upset than had they hit 230. Mm. You know what I mean? You start, you develop an expectation. You get spoiled about mm. it as well. So yeah, yeah. it's just the Western capitalist mind. Same as a, in a football game where like a team will win three. Now it could have been, could have been eight or nine, exactly. honestly. Could yeah. have been. Was it? Yeah, should have had five by half time. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it in a... Like I, I want I, more. Not, you always want more. During the we were talking before about narrative in sport, and during a collapse. Well, no, sorry, it, we're talking about narrative in sport. And one of the great things in Australian cricket, recently specifically in, in cricket in Australia, is that like the the narrative of we, we were rising up to be towards the number one test team in the world, then mm. sandpaper, then the absolute decimation of the Australian mm. cricket team mm. in the public eye, all this mm. sort of stuff, and then the Ashes come back, and and now I'm just hearing these little like. I'm just hearing all the signs again. There's those little, it's the yahoos. It's the fucking you. Oh, yeah. Like the, yeah. the back wave of a surf, you know, on the Eton seaboard yes. of Sydney somewhere. And it's just that hyena style, cock a hoop, laughing, yeah. giggling away with mates. Yeah. And they're all like, they, it's so funny because that to be good at sport in Australia and a, a man in, in general, you have to perceive, you have to like um, present this. This, you have to have a presence of just this fucking big alpha broad male. But when something good happens, yee! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. The soft, Silly. strong thing, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah okay, so you're de- you're detecting it in the kind of um, vocal reverberations. I mean, you, like if that's you are watching on YouTube, sound you can waves. see the sound waves now. <laughs> you could actually apply the sound waves to the Australian celebration. Like I noticed uh, yeah. uh, Zampa got somebody out overnight. You right. could, I think it was Stoinis, but both times you could hear him through the microphone going, Zorbi! <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so we could compare it to last year when they were struggling and just compare the Zorbies. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you think they're just starting to feel themselves a little well, bit Australia? the first thing I picked it up in this game, now we'll talk about the three okay, games yeah, that have happened yeah. since the last game, which is the mm. third T20 mm. and the two ODIs that have just happened. But it was in the first ODI game where Josh Hayeswood bowled really, really well. Yeah. And he took this unbelievable catch-off. I think if it was yeah. off Roy. Roy. It Roy, was Roy. And it was just one of those ones that was just fluke. Yeah. Like bowled it. Roy hits yeah. a fairly um, hard straight back yeah. at him. Low, like it was a yeah. funny catch. Yeah. That's when I heard funny the, when tall guys do it. That's yeah. when they're funny. Was that's when it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm oh, laughing because you don't normally yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's beyond your skill range. You've done something amazing, but it's funny because it's you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you have to say about that, mate? <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'll take it as a comment. Yeah. <laughs> We're still working on the act. <laughs> Just down those blind alleys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's a wall. <laughs> How do we get out of this? Hey, Pez, uh, before we get into the show, do you want to talk about what's happening on Patreon this week? Should we a little shout out there? Uh, yeah, we'll make, we'll make it quick. So last week, if you if you did subscribe to Patreon, you would have seen uh, Ask Ted, you see Fridays. It was about uh, just a couple of things off the top of my head, sledging a bloke with cancer, uh, fruit spruikers, oh, the office chop king, and um, yeah, another dream about someone who has scissors for hands. Scissors for hands. Um, but like, I, you know, this week I said, like, don't listen to us, listen to the commenters, you know? So from the, I just wanted to read our selection of some of the comments on Please. Patreon you can make. Yeah. Um, so someone wrote, uh, as someone who lost their mum in year nine, I weaponized the fuck out of it. Right. Okay. okay. Just leave that out of context. Yeah. Um, someone else wrote, yeah, daddy hundred sounds like English repressed perversion to me. Uh, someone else wrote, these podcasts are an absolute breath of fresh air. Congrats, tit rat and Pez dispenser. <laughs> someone else just wrote decent cock with a thumbs up. Someone else wrote, ah, old grip cone cock. No thumbs up. <laughs> Someone else wrote, uh, love these pods, cheers, pesto, pasta, and the hippopotamus. So I don't know. It's a, we promised it would be dark and, and rare, and I think uh, it's delivering. Uh, this up. week we'll be public with possibly, it's either this week or next week, um, publishing a long-form piece as well. So the current idea for the, for the piece is doesn't matter how you get them or does it. Okay, right. Good. Um, and I broadly want to say he goes as well, away, like, including Patreon, but away from that as well, just generally thanks for the – Reviews that have come in. We made a few comments last few weeks. It was like, you know, there there are fewer reviews now where people are basically saying, "I like everything about this show and have forever, except this one thing, one star." <laughs> but you know, so thanks to those who you know tried to address that a little bit. But uh, you know, yeah, you know, you live by the sword. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash grade cricketer. Now, Pez, let's get into the actual cricket. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Anyways, let's start with the game two. Let's start with game okay. two last night where Australia... The last was, thing that happened. last so. thing that happened, and then we'll work backwards from there, uh, whilst also going back in between to give a bit of dynamis, dyna, uh, dynamism to mm, the okay. story. Uh, so game two last night, Australia absolutely cruising again, just yeah. like in the second the second or the first, the, one of the T20s. Basically every, every game except one. Every game ex- And then, so we were two for 140. We've been the Australian cricket team. I've done mm. it again. Um, and they're chasing 231, and then they lose 7 for 32 in a space of about an hour. Yeah. And um, that's the end of that. Then England once again come from behind to have a remarkable victory. Weird. Yeah, got a real problem with, like, middle overs and death cricket Australia. Like, I feel like, uh, yeah, they've put themselves in winning positions four games out of five. Yeah. Um, England seem to have the ability to, like, fix things when it's going wrong. Yeah. They can fix it. Australia have this incredible ability to ruin themselves. Um, so the Australian ODI side is a ruined orgasm. You saw that coming before I said it. <laughs> Mate, there are, there are, the longer we do this, there are more and more words that are just ended by the fucking but great they, cricket. But they, they, they really are. They, re, they yeah. really are like that. It's just like, mm. oh, they're, they're, 
they they clinic they clinically dismantle mm. England for about four fifths of the game, oh, 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 bringing oh. themselves to you mm. know a metaphorical orgasm. Yes, and it's ruined. Don't <laughs> look at me and say ruined orgasm again. Um, Australia, it's very, it's classic. It's, uh, I think what we're learning is England's actually becoming excellent at comics. I mean, how many comics have they had? So Australia's standards are like really good up top Australia. It's a very Australian trade, isn't it? You're talking about the macho stuff. You know, they like to be good at the first things we do, you know, really good up the top of the order, getting yeah. away, you know, yeah. finch. One of yeah. runs at the start. We'll talk about Warren later. Yeah. Labouchain scoring some runs, yeah. falls away. Australia really good at fast bowling as well. Hazelwood, Stark yeah. have started really well. Comes yeah. come back into it. Yeah. You know, they always win the first exchanges. Yeah. Um, they like being out in front of Australia. They like the fresh air. They like, to know, win like a wild Brumby. You Ooh, know, I they like, like oh, I love a Brumby. Yeah, they love being dominant. But now, you know, wild whenever, horses. Whenever they look over their shoulder, there's wild horses look over their shoulder, mm. you know, whenever a team comes back um, or goes with them, they start trembling, mm. going weak at the knees. Mm. That's, what we're, that's what we're learning. And obviously, yeah, like, mm. I mean, the exception to that was that in game one, Maxwell and Marsh yeah. saved Australia, right. but last night Maxwell and Marsh failed, so they're frauds. Yep, exactly right. It's, um, it's uh, like going on England here. Yeah. Now, this summer is an interesting summer for England because they lost that first game against the West Indies, who we can all agree are terrible. Then they came back and then won the series. Played, they just absolutely decimated. Mm. One that Broad series came back. The series against Pakistan was obviously mostly a washout. Those last two tests heavily rain affected. But the first test, England came from nowhere to win that game. Mm. Uh, Australia were absolutely dominating England in the first T Twenty. They came back and won that game. Australia cruising in this game. They won that game as well. Now it's like so. I was kind of thinking before, like I mean, is it a bit deceiving to say like how like how good are England? But it's like, but they keep on winning, so they mm. keep on doing it. So and that's traditionally the sign of actually a very good team. And they still are a very good team. But then I was also thinking at the same time, I mean, when Ponting was on the show, our close personal friend Ricky mm, Ponting yeah. AO was on the show, Pez, and he was saying in the World Cup, which surprised me, he was like, he was disappointed with how Australia played in that World Cup semi-final, which I know was a year ago, but it, his comments interested me because he was saying that um, to that point, he thought that Australia were the best team in the tournament. Yeah. And I was like, hmm. Were they? I'm not going to challenge you face to face or over the phone, Ricky, yeah. because of who you are. And yes, but now he's, are. now he's off the show. Now he's off the show. Let's talk about behind his back. Yeah, mm. week on the short. Um, yeah, so I'm just kind of yeah. So England remain the best team in the world, I think, for one days, and especially in England, I still think they're very good. But Australia, I don't. I, I can't place Australia, and I don't know what any of this cricket just means. Their middle stuff, middle stuff. Middle Australia stuff. is no good. You know, it's yeah. not right. They, yeah. they don't. Smith, I mean, Smith didn't play last night, but nor did Bradman or Steve Waugh. So. We'll talk about Smith in a second. So, okay. I mean, I feel like the best analysis actually came on YouTube. I was looking at the highlights this morning from a, an account called Clash Academy. What do they say, mate? RIP Australian middle order. Why aren't Australia producing players like Hussey, Bevan, Simons? Top heavy side with noob middle order. <laughs> makes a good That's point. about it, isn't it? That makes a good point, yeah. You look at the depth that England have got at the moment in ODI cricket because Sam Billings obviously scored 100 in yeah, – I mean, we're fucking all like – Close person, Bilbo. Yeah. Um, I texted him. <laughs> did you actually? Yeah. That's awesome. It's lame, eh? What did you reply? Yeah. Well, Blue Bombers. Well, what please, happened? Did he say, please stop messaging this kid? <laughs> yeah, so who is this? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Because um, my, uh, like, 30-day-old son was up at 3.30 in the mm-hmm. morning and I was like, oh, he's – like, and it's it's quite, you know – it's just tough times. You texted him whilst up. he was playing. No, 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 no. Just match like, fixing. Again, get out of the way. Like last week, just, just <laughs> open the space, let it finish. <laughs> That's my fault. I'm I'll never let place. you finish. Ruined yeah, orgasm. Good point. Good point. Um, no, and I, the game actually helped get me through. Like it's very difficult trying to like uh, get a baby to sleep, whatever in in that situation. But the game was. I was like, oh, okay. Like Zampa's doing well. Billings is in, and I just followed the innings to the end. And I just texted him so that you, you you got me through the night. Um, what did he say? It. He said, thanks, get some kip. 
get some kit. Kip. Oh, what did he say? No, I, I, I called him Bilbo. I actually, like, I signed it off from both of us. Okay, I, said, yeah. from the I appreciate boys. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a message from both of us, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he's yeah. in my phone, so. Um, <laughs> Bilbo, your knock made my newborns wailing at 3.30am much more bearable. Congrats on the ton from the TGC boys, mate, yeah. dash Pez. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, right, yeah. And then here at Hard Thanks. Why am I reading this? This is... <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing that. The point but being, the point being with, with um with the death of the England side yeah. though was that, that was a fucking weird five minutes. Yeah. Was it um was that like Billings has said that uh, however many runs I get I won't keep Stokes a spot. Yeah. So good. he's like he's he's got 118. He's got a really he's been very unfortunate. I think it's well uh, appreciated that he's he's never been able to string like three games in a row for England because someone else comes in and whatever. But England's depth at the moment actually reminds me a lot of Australia's depth in like the late 90s, early 2000s where like they've got fucking players coming out of their ears at the moment in England. It's a really strong squad. Whereas Australia, Australia, I just find the Maxwell and Marsh thing is like they've both come off on the same game and they won Australia a game. That's awesome. But I'm just feeling like recently I'm getting a little bit on that back, that Maxwell bandwagon of like, geez, he, he doesn't perform a lot. And he mm. really doesn't perform a lot for Australia anyway. Mm. Is that? I feel like that's fair. I feel like he's but in this like weird series where like they're playing like a basically a four day old Test wicket in this last game last night. It looked like pretty difficult to bat on. Two thirty seemed like actually quite a lot of runs, especially seeing as England yeah. were one hundred and fifty for eight or something. It was like then. a fourth innings wicket. Yeah, really. yeah. So I, I don't know, but. I felt like the reason that Australia lost the game last night wasn't because of the batting necessarily, although that is like when you have a collapse of seven for 30, of course, that's going to be the highlight. But Australia had England. Eight for 150. Eight for 150. And then Adil Rashid comes in at number 10 mm. and scores better than a run of ball 36, which is like the second highest score of the game. Yeah. So that to me, like the death bowling that I saw anyway was not very impressive. It wasn't well, good. England have, probably have better skills around that kind of stuff. Joffre Archer bats 11 and he can hold a stick. Yeah. So they, they, Joffre Archer they, they do bat too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think England are just a very good side, yeah. and Australia are I kind of to six say. or seven out of ten at yeah. the moment. Yeah. But they're getting better, and so we'll mm. just continue. Yeah, I, I think the thing with Maxwell is that like he's just so beautiful to watch. He's great to watch, and he's like he's one of those guys that like I totally agree with you. If you're just being hard in your analysis about it, you're like, well, you know, is are the performances befitting of someone who holds down a middle order spot for Australia and finishes every game? You know, we expect that person to be the best in the world at that. Maxwell is like occasionally and we go, oh, just do that all the time. But mm. he's just so good to watch. You're sort of very reluctant to write him off because if and when somehow it clicks for him in a consistent way, you want to be there as well. Like, oh, no, I didn't write him off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, first. exactly. Because yeah. when, when it comes off, there is – I can't think of another player in the world who yeah. can do what he do, can do mm. what he does. Mm. But it just, it just seems very – infrequent and in terms of that top order stuff I think I said last week I was thinking that in the T20s especially that I, th- I think that Warner and Finch are the best opening partnership in world cricket I think and that's because like when Australia win it's because they've scored 70 and 100 mm. that's that's how Australia wins short form games now Finch or Warner scores 100 now Warner seems all at sea at the moment is Warner a sacred cow is there a bit of sacred cow about Warner who would, Good you, who would you take him out for? Oh well, you know, like um, you know, un- uncertainty is the is the is the midwife of change. Um, I've always said that. I've always said that. But uh, you know, I want a new toy. I want I want Philippe. something new. Yeah. Ah, Philippe. I want Buzz Lightyear. So, you know, Warner's Woody. Okay. I don't really, but mm. I don't know, Warner, Warner, Warner seems to be struggling a little bit. I mean, I know. Um, Isn't Warner he, of the three formats he? The ODI cricket, he I think he has the worst record in ODI cricket of the three. For I don't his, know. Yeah. I understand his short form's pretty good, but um, he seems to be struggling in the UK. Uh, 
he, he did hit that 50 in the T20s. Like, uh, can you say someone hits a 50 for their country, struggled to get one off a square? Oh, yeah, I just he did. did. He did. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then apart, apart from that, he's, yeah. he's looking pretty tough. Um, you know, we're not going to do amateur psychology. It can only be difficult in the bubble for him as well. Yeah. Um, and for all, for all the guys. But yeah, I wonder about I wonder about Warner. I guess like a, a guy at the top uh, that could replace Warner or Fincher for that matter is um, um, Stoinis. Yeah. Or Wade. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess there's heaps of blokes. Mm. But like, do you, what about the ball that Joffre bowled to Stoinis? I mean, oh, fucking Christ, yeah. that's hitting me in the face every day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Like cross seam, yeah. hits the seam, bounces a little bit more. It's probably like 90 plus miles an hour. And then Joffre's Insta story is about 20 different people <laughs> posting that clip to him. Was it? And then him just going <laughs> clip by clip. Every is single one is this. No, but that would be good. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, Arch is incredible. Um, Tom he, Curran, 37 last night, saved the innings as yeah. well for England and then went for 28 of 10 overs. Also good. That's yeah. the depth you're talking about. Yeah, and Archer was man of the match as well last night. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else to talk about in terms of the, the first two games? I mean, what about what about Warren on commentary? We were talking about this a while ago. Hmm. Uh, Warren on commentary just absolutely losing it at um, – who was captain? Mo- no, it was um, – Moen Alley. Alley. Moen Alley I mean, was yeah. captain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty awesome. And it was like the last few balls and Warren was just fucking – had a bit between yeah. his teeth. Well, there's two overs to go and right. he had uh, – and, and Moeen had a choice between bowling Tom Curran or Joffre Archer. Yeah. Australia was cruising, only had a couple of runs to win or something like that. And uh, Warren was just losing his mind that Moeen opted to bowl um, Curran for the second last over rather than Archer, uh, which meant Curran would have definitely had six balls and Archer may have only been dealing with one or two at the end of the game. Yes. And just for the context, like Archer had gone for 30 off three overs, Curran had gone for like 10 mm. or something and bowled really well. Mm. And, and Curran is their death bowler. Yeah, mm. and and – Moeen went with Curran and Warren was just losing it, just wanting Archer and said, you know, he was going, NASA. Like, he's like, who would you bowl NASA? He's like, you know, you've got to give Joffre. It was just the alpha ring was just out of nowhere, just yeah. jocularity. And then just yeah. like, um, he's like, you've, you've got to give Archer six balls. You know, when Warren gets like really dogmatic about something, yeah. it's like really compelling mm. commentary, I mm. find. Mm. And you could, NASA's just like recoiling, you know, I couldn't see him, yeah. but he was just saying, like, yeah. he was like, what would you do, NASA? And NASA starts explaining, well, I think. You know, the game has showed that pace off actually works much better. So Moen's going with his pace off bowler, with his death bowler, and Warren just wouldn't accept it. Going, no, no, Nass, what would you do? And and that sounds like he's like diplomatic. That sounds like he's this bloke Moen captaining his first game for England. I'm yeah. an ex England captain. I'm not going to absolutely ice him yeah. uh, on yeah. air. So he didn't do it. But yeah. Warren just wouldn't leave him alone. And then you know, sure enough, Archie gets two balls. Australia win. And in between times, they're just flashing to Langer, who wouldn't laugh, and Warren was just losing it, laughing. So I don't know. It was you know, Warren just goes through those spells where he, I mean, he just. Talks absolute pump no, for ages. It's barbecue and then, topping, but a pizza topping. Exactly. And then it's like, what the fuck is this? Exactly. Yeah. When he just when he locks in yeah. to a cricket chat, yeah. it's such compelling. Mate, listening. All of a sudden, I feel like I'm at first slip. When exactly. He, when he gets a bit between his teeth. It's yeah. like, oh, that's what it's like. Yeah. That's Everything so he aggressive. says is with like maestro level clarity mm. and aggression, mm. and you feel safe again. Imagine Warren coming on to bowl and being the captain. There was there were, you are you are letting him go. You yeah. do whatever you want, Shane. Like, yeah. And no way did – Warren always used to start with like a – he always used to start defensive to get into his work. Mm, yeah. Fuck, I, I didn't appreciate Warren at the time. I knew it was amazing, but like you look at some highlights, Rob Linder too, yeah. and the control of the man. I mean, fucking hell, yeah. insane. Anyway, good Beautiful. chat. Good chat. Good chat is what I'm saying. Hey, Pez, um, there's a bit of a thing going on between uh, Cricket Australia and Channel 7 here in Australia oh, as we yeah. get closer towards the uh, Australian summer. And uh, oh, Just quickly, who bumped Smith in the nets? I didn't see this. It was a coach. Oh, that's why that's why Smith missed those games. 
because um, in, oh. the, in the Nets heading, heading into the game, um, they just said a coach. They didn't name who the coach was, but a coach basically, well, it was a bouncer. Um, so now I'm just, you know, morphing that into a coach bumped Smith. Coach obviously had that enough of Smith in the Nets. That is fucking incredible. Yeah. I'm, oh, not saying it's, I'm not saying it's Woodhill. It'd be funny if it was. Yeah. But, you know, one of the coaches just said that's enough. Enough's enough, Smith. Too many. You know, we've all been there, haven't Fuck we? Fucking oath we've all been we've there. We've all yeah. been there. Yeah. I'm like, just wants so many balls. And you just like, look, I'm just going to bump him. Yeah. And maybe let's just leave the, whoever that coach was alone. Oh, yeah, leave it alone. Yeah, leave it alone. Yeah. But I like the setup of that because the amount of times when you're giving throwdowns to someone who's just tipped it past the acceptable level of like, well, now yeah. can and I get some? Like, can yeah. I go now? Now the coach probably isn't wanting to get some throws from Steve Smith. That's not the point. Throwdowns is the most boring job and you have to create a game within yourself. Mm. My game started with like, can I get the perfect half volley for the yeah, cover drive? Yeah. And then oh, that's you, nice. you get a little bit bored, then you start throwing it seam up. Well, yeah. I want to make this realistic. Yeah, of course. So you start shining the ball a little bit yeah. and then you throw it seam up and then it's a two-piece all of a sudden. Then you mm. start getting back of a length yep. and then you start setting them up. You start throwing four out swingers yeah. and you just go, now this one's cross seam or yeah. just go, just change slow the ball. You just throw a slow, Never throw a slow ball. That's mean. No, not <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a, a Well, these guys are using the dog stick now. Yeah. Uh, and I could just imagine if, like, because the yeah. dog stick could actually, can wang actually up. really wang it. Yeah. And I'm just thinking it's probably going at a nice pace. Why is wang a word in that? Because like when you say, I mean, it's called the wanger, but like when it's like you onomatopoeia, maybe it's just the sound yeah. of it. Just yeah. Wang, wang. Yeah. Anyway, and uh, get on the YouTube if you want to see. <laughs> And, uh, Two blokes say yeah. wang at each other, yeah. Woodhill, it's not Woodhill. I don't I genuinely know who it was. Yeah. Has obviously mm. just gone, uh, just, just crack this up. Just see what happens. Now, obviously, in the grade level, like yeah. throwdowns is the comfort food for yeah. cricketers, where like you, you might have a horrible back foot deficiency, mm. but nothing will cure that like a half an hour of throwdowns for, the, for your cover drive. Correct. But I've never done the thing where I'm just throwing half volleys for the off drive or whatever, or the, mm. off the pads, and then just throwing the bouncer. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done that, but now I want to. Yeah. That's the thing that I miss about training. Yeah, getting people out. Anyway, um, as I was saying, seven and CA, seven and CA. So the deal is at the moment that uh, Channel Seven have the have begun discussions to terminate their contract with Cricket Australia. I believe that's how it's being reported. That's how it's being reported. Others are uh, there's a, there's a fair bit of analysis out there. Let's give the a context fr- to our UK friends as well. Of yeah. like, so um, there's a deal where um, television has to be on free to air. There are laws in Australia which television has to be on free to air. Uh, sorry, cricket has to be on free to air television in Australia. Mm-hmm. Half of the when they brokered the last deal, half of it's behind a paywall for Fox Sports and the other half was sold from Channel 9, which is what the old Richie Benno commentary and stuff like that and Tony Gregg and Bill Laurie, all those guys that moved from Channel 9 then to Channel 7, which obviously mm. afforded us some work as well, Pez. And we still – So we have no conflict the, of interest talking about this conversation. We have a little bit of conflict of interest talking about this conversation, but uh, it is interesting because, like, when you look at the analysis from a lot of people, most of the comments underneath are like, oh, well, don't like 7 anyway, put it back on 9. Um, it's like, no, that's not what's going on. No, mate. Uh, but – I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I would like to read more analysis that is dealing with who needs the deal more. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I don't. You know, don't don't tell me about advertising. Don't tell me about uh, cricket Australia and contracts and stuff. That's all part of it. I just want to know, like, in the cold zero sum game of a one on one negotiation, mm. does seven need cricket more than cricket needs seven? I don't know the answer to that. You know, I feel like. Seeing it from Cricket Australia's point of view, I mean Cricket Australia, Cricket Australia's point of view, yeah. it's pretty easy to understand. You know, they want to take a product on free to air television because people want to see it. People, there'll, people, there'll people be, there'll be, there'll it. be effigies. Yes. You know, that that's mainly from climate change, but there'll be effigies if, yeah. if people can't see it on free to air. Mm. Um, but how much does Seven need 
cricket as well. We don't, I don't know the answer to that. I feel like the, the question for Channel 7 is like it's not just you've got to take something to market on, in summer. It's like, mm. you know, we're talking like Freddie Got Fingered stuffy. You know, we're talking share price. We're talking mm. NASDAQ, Wall Street Journal, you know, <laughs> sort of. I haven't have, I haven't read enough analysis about that. I don't know. Sorry, I'm still thinking about <laughs> climate change causing effigies. All right. Well, but they won't cause effigies. They'll just exacerbate it through the conditions of climate change. Yeah. Well, exactly. That's right. Mm. Uh, it's always been hot. Mm. So yeah, I don't know how much seven needs cricket. So what you're saying is now this is purely a contractual situation about who is in the right, who's in the wrong, and stuff. But what you're saying is like who wants it more. It is, and it always and comes a, down to cricket. It all comes down to it. That's so right. you get in the it's dressing like, room. It's like Dan Andrews and uh, the coronavirus, you know, right? We meet, it's just saying, oh, hit this bloke over the top. <laughs> <laughs> Open it up. Go on, bomb this bloke. You can't tell, <laughs> you can't tell me, like, Pez, you were talking the other day, so there's that um, Amazon Amazon, Amazon Prime documentary about the uh, Tottenham Hotspurs uh, season under Mourinho mm-hmm. and all the things that go on there, and you were saying, like, in that – in that, um, in like the dressing room stuff, there's, there's billions of dollars in that dressing oh, room yeah. circling around. But there's still just a lot of blokes going, come on, boys, let's fucking have it today. That's right. Just, we uh, want it more than them. We want it more than them. And I'm thinking exactly, you can't tell me that when Australia got rolled, they were 7 for 32, you can't tell me Justin Langer or Aaron Finch or some fucking lanyard in the dressing room there yeah. is not saying like, come on, boys, you got to want it. Yeah. That's what they're saying. I think everything in life can be reduced down to like grade cricket metaphors, mm. really, mm. all the way down to Nixon's gold standard in 1971, <laughs> lifting that, you know? I was just like, go on, put the bad ball away. Pez, there's some other stuff. <laughs> Fuck me. There's some other stuff. Um, there's some other stuff going on, Pez, in terms of the quarantine bubbles in Australia. It's been announced that uh, Australia have been confirmed to bubble in Adelaide, where the new Oval Hotel uh, is attached to the ground. That's the name of the. That's the name of the hotel, Oval Hotel. Uh, I found it funny that originally it was they were going to be in Perth, but the Western Australian government wouldn't let the teams train during the 14 day quarantine period, so they've moved it to Adelaide. Uh, that's according to ESPN Crick Info. So that's where the teams are going to be. Uh, there's also some news last week that the w, all the WBBL games are going to be played in Sydney at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then like, to your point before, you're talking about Warner and just like, yeah, we're not doing amateur psychology. We say that for hashtag RCDSC, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, these guys are going to be in a bubble one form or another for months yeah. and months. <clears throat> it's crazy. They're just jumping from bubble to bubble to bubble, yeah. really. That's got to be so grim. Yeah. Because like international cricket, mate, we, we say this all the time, like it's – it's just reps. That's what it is. Like, you know, when you get a rep, you don't just really counts. know anyone. Like, you know their names, you know their initial and stuff, and they're a little bit taller than what you think, or they have, they hold the bat a bit weirder, or, like, their shirt doesn't fit them the same mm, way that you thought it would. smell a bit weird. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a flashback to a camp <laughs> under four. weird smelling bloke. Someone smell weird. A bloke came to my apartment months <laughs> ago, and he was, like, he was putting together a table for me, and he just fucking stank. Smelled so bad. I thought, anyway. There was a guy I played with uh, in club cricket who had bad a significant guy. body odor issue. Yeah. How can you not be aware of it? I'm always wondering about those people. Well, maybe he was. It just, it might be genetic. That was just, that was just part of his. A huge alpha, actually. Really? It? Yeah. Oh, so he was. I don't know. It was a pheromone thing. I don't know. We'll go into that later. Um, yeah, but it's just reps. And so like, they're just, they're not living with their friends. They just like, they just happen to be the best at the thing. Yeah. And they have to live with them for months and months and months. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, everything, everything feels very surreal, doesn't it? Yeah. I, we're, um, talking to Travis Head next, yeah. uh, as the listeners know, and there, we, we, I think we discussed this off air with him actually, but he had a different view. Like he, he did say, uh, we, we were sort of saying something similar like this to him around like it must be difficult going bubble to bubble or whatever, and yeah. he said he'd he'd rather be in that than not in the Australian team. So yeah, I guess you know, that. there is that. 
Yeah. Some, maybe some blokes just like, like oh, I'm just around the boys in playing cricket for my country, literally, for lots of money. Mm. Good luck. Be nice. Well, Pez, as you rightly just said, Travis Head is on the show. It's a great chat. Surprisingly funny. Good levels of Travis. Let the listener decide. Let the listener decide and let us know. Travis Head coming up. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Okay, here goes. Here's some numbers. 17 tests, average of 42. 40-odd ODIs for his country, average 35. 100-plus first-class matches, averages 40. 12 tons. Uh, always seems to be scoring runs for the Adelaide Strikers in dappled light at Adelaide Oval. Mm. Uh, retained the Ashes last year. Ton on Boxing Day. All sorts of good shit there. I'm talking about Travis Head. Travis, welcome to the great cricketer. Thank you. Thanks for the pump-up. <laughs> <laughs> Travis, uh, look... You were, you were like going through your quick info stats. You go through the same stuff, you know, when we kick off with guys. But um, you were you were a true prodigy. You're a prodigy in the yeah, like yeah. the Greg Chapel mold, yeah. like you know, SA 19s captain, Shield debut at 18, National debut at 22. Like under Chapel's philosophical leadership, you know, the Pathways program. Like I can, I can only guess you've actually bypassed grade cricket altogether and don't actually have a club. <laughs> Not anymore. No, I do. Um, <laughs> No, I do. Um, yeah, limited support, limited chance. But I was actually very fortunate to play a lot of great cricket growing up. So, um, played, how old were you? I actually played <laughs> twelve. Um, I played. I played. Um, I played a year of every grade, so fourth grade through to first grade. Um, so I, I learnt the ropes pretty pretty well, and, and I had Peter Sleep as my coach at Teacher Gully Cricket Club. So. Um, yeah, I was very fortunate to be pushed straight through very quickly, play a year of every grade before I played okay. A grade career, and then play a couple of years of that before first class career. So I played with men from a very, very young age, so um, learned to, to be quiet and sit in the corner. So um, it's, nice <laughs> let's not, just, it's nice to be able to talk now. Let's, let's break, break that down. Let's, let's break do that some down. maths on yeah, that. Okay, yeah. sorry, Travis, but, yeah. uh, you know, we are hard-hitting journalists, as yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. But uh, So you've, you've debuted for South Australia at 18, You've just said yeah. um, you played a couple of years. There was a couple of years yeah. there before you debuted, right? And a year yeah. in every grade, starting mm. in fours. Mm. So, yeah. literally, how old were you yeah. when you played yeah. fourth I, grade? Yeah, I think I was about 12, 12 or thirteen. Fourth grade, so. hell. that's unbelievable. Were you uh, was like an chart? early early developer, physically speaking? Or? <laughs> that was tiny. Yeah. Um, just the great thing is, I think I wicket kept. So I played a I played a year of under four. I played. So I played like the 14 whites year, like above age. And then I just got fed straight through and then sort of missed it. Um, yeah, so I, I was wiki-keeping, so I jumped the system and we kept up to B grade. Um, and then was sort of at my school, um, Sean Watt, who was in the, in the school at Trinity College, wanted me to go to Adelaide Career Club um, with Dizzy and actually keeping the ones. And um, Peter Sleep said, um, you're crazy. You, you've got symbols. You can't catch them, and give them up. And in two years' time, you play. I think you play state cricket. And pretty much to the day, um, two years later, I, I, I debuted. So um, it was yeah. I gave up the gloves pretty quickly. Played ones in, as a batter, and um, yeah, it, it moved pretty quickly for me. But like, do you feel because you started men's cricket so early? We're going off piste here now. But like, do you mm-hmm. feel you missed out from just dominating limp-wristed juniors growing up? Like, as clearly a very talented player. Like, did you get enough chances to, 
get into the local paper, yeah. you know, with magnificent feats. Like a man time, hits 500. Exactly, dealing yeah. with like nude men in change rooms who, mm. who should be with their wives. Yeah, the, the warm up chat was definitely grew me as a person pretty quickly. Um, but grew no, you, I, not I actually, you. <laughs> yeah, it didn't groom me. No, <laughs> sorry, that was just a bit of light humour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, a headline. Still that, still that chat anyway. But um, yeah, yeah, I actually liked it. I, I think it's a great way of growing up and um, and not being that big fish. I guess I did. I went through the system, and when I got to the seventeens and nineteens, I was able to have a couple of really, really good. 19s years once they got into the South Australia 19s and the state carnivals and whatnot. So it was, yeah, I guess, playing as men, you get hardened pretty quickly. You get told, you get sorted out pretty quickly. And I didn't dominate much uh, until I got to those carnivals. But I think it was great. I don't, yeah, maybe that's why I didn't get as many hundreds at the start of my career as I probably should have. And um, <laughs> because I probably wasn't used to batting as much because you get found out in senior cricket. That's interesting. Mm. Well, obviously, you played 17 tests. We've spent the last 10 minutes talking about your under 13 career, yeah, which is what you're on the show for, obviously. No, but I was just wondering because, like, <laughs> Pez of the Top Seed gave, gave some great numbers there. You played in, like, you know, state reps, you know, under 19 captain, uh, sorry, under 19 World Cups, you know, ODI cricket, all this stuff. I'm just thinking, like, you've probably been the best player in your team for your entire life. Life, probably until you get all the way up until test cricket and it's like when was the first time where you were ever out of form have you ever been out of form until you get to test cricket or have you just been like the best player scoring runs religiously it's actually quite funny i batted it i think i batted at six or seven i think i batted six and was like the last bloke picked in the under 19 that world cup um which i debated with sure uh with uh Stuart law who was the coach because i was the only one who played third been playing first class cricket in that team other than Cummings, who wasn't in the team, he was only playing test cricket, so didn't worry about him in the 19s. He wasn't, he was unavailable. Yeah. There's no first class fights in Townsville. Yeah. Um, he, um, <laughs> so he just, he, he was fine, he was just knocking Callis over. He, um, yeah. so yeah, and I was the only one to play first class cricket, but found it hard that they're batting at six. So yeah, I, I must have struggled to get into that team, and then, um, but no, I've always, I think, I think my approach to the game and, and not trying to take too much in. I guess being that younger guy on the team, I've always found ways to be able to learn on the go and continue to do that, and um, which has found myself touch wood, not having too many form stunts and being pretty consistent, which is, as a player, that's what you want to do. Um, that's, that's your goal. You'll be as consistent, know when you can rock up and, and perform as much as you can. So you, you'll turn 27 at the end of the year again, quick info stats there. Um, mo- like most guys are just coming into their peak in the next couple of years when you turn 27. So like if someone had told you earlier on, like at 27, you'll have played 60-odd times for your country, you've averaged 40 in 20-odd tests, 100 first-class matches at 42. Are you thinking that's a, that's a reasonable start from which to build or, or do you feel like you've got ground to make up and you, you wish you'd done better? I'm looking for Graham Heat four four hundred and fifty first class games played on forty. <laughs> uh, I look at all those old boys that have played seven hundred first class games and I thought that'd be nice. There's a lot of warm ups in that, but no, I've been very fortunate to play. <laughs> been very fortunate to play a lot of cricket um, to a very young age. I understand that. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably ahead in that aspect. So I think I've got to make the most of that with that experience factor. And yeah, I could end up playing a lot of, a lot of cricket, which is not a bad thing. Um, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully the runs can stay with it, and yeah, I don't get the sack when I'm a bit older. But um, yeah, I want to just play as much as I can, and I'm absolutely loving it. So it's been nice to have a little force break at the moment. But I was meant to be at Sussex, really stacking up the first class games in the warm up. So um, no, I, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned before about that under nineteen World Cup. It's always quite good fun going back, like who was playing in your team and who you're playing against and stuff. Like in the Australian team, let me just tell you who you played with, um, Travis. But like Cameron Bancroft was in the team, Ashton Turner, Curtis Patterson. Then in England there was Ben Folks, Craig Overton, Ben Duckett, and then most notably probably 
from an international perspective, Quentin de Kock was playing for South Africa and Baba Razam was playing for mm. Pakistan. And I always wonder, like, with that under-19 World Cup, if you can tell even from that age, like, that those guys even then are just fucking absolute guns or is it, or is the under-19 World Cup basically just like a schoolies week where you're just buying $8 UDL cans? <laughs> it's one or the other. Which one is it, yeah. Travis? Which yeah. one? Yeah, I'll say uh, a mixture of both. Um, no, um, the... Uh, yeah, obviously we had a great time. It was very fortunate we were in Townsville, so we had a good time up there. And yeah. um, and and the list that you've got, a lot of guys. Yeah, we've we've played a lot of cricket together, and um, it's pretty cool to have the guy. We've had a pretty good graduate year in that, and a lot of guys playing for Australia in that team, and we all get along really nicely. And but no, I think we got Quinton Cock got a first ball against us, so he was no good. Um, <laughs> Barbara's arm and and Barbara's arm was into his sixth uh, under nineteen World Cup at that stage. So um, he was pretty. He's pretty experienced. He played a few before that, so we yeah. could tell he was going to be a freak. But yeah. um, no, it's pretty cool having, um, yeah, I guess the guys you come up with. And I've played with Quinton um, at, RC, at, um, at Delhi and, and obviously played a little bit against him and get along very, with him very well. So mm. um, it's cool to come out of those years and have guys that you've played against and played with. Mm. You just mentioned this with Sussex before, Travis. Like, so, so you've had him at the Strikers. You're going to have him at Sussex, and now he'll be united at the Sackers with him this year. Dizzy uh, as a New South Australia coach. Like, are, are we about to see a, a bold new era of success with with a woke vegan brand? <laughs> big big nose in town, yeah, mate. He's um, unbelievable. Um, you can't speak highly enough for Diz, and through that whole process, obviously he yeah he was a standout, and everyone in South Australia is absolutely frothing that he's uh, that he's coming and. Um, everyone that I spoke to in town was just like, hurry up and sign it. And so there's a, there's a fair process that goes on. And it's nice to see him come out of that with the job and, and, and proving that, I guess. And he's, um, he's an absolute unbelievable run at Yorkshire. And then, um, he's done wonderful things at the sort of strikers and was able to get us that championship. And then, um, he's done some really cool things with, with um, with Somerset, uh, with Sussex, sorry. So, um, no, he's a great communicator, great uh, organizer. He's a fantastic guy, firstly, and, and there's really, really good relationships. So I think it's, uh, really good for the team and obviously a very loved South Australian. So um, mm. everyone in Adelaide is absolutely frothing up. Like just, just a bit of a compare and contrast here. Like we had uh, Buck Rogers on the show last week and he talked about having to front a panel with Peter Hanscom on it and stuff like that. I mean, was it similar with you? Like, did, did Dizzy have to convince you via presentation uh, that he should get the job? No, I wasn't in, I wasn't in the process. So, mm. Um, I, I just chatted to her, obviously was, was working closely and, and, and knew a fair bit about it, but um, I left that to the powers to be. I think we, I got really confident in the guys both in the, on the board and, and Keith and, uh, and Andrew and, and, and Tim Nielsen, and they've done a fantastic job. And um, I know the process that he went through, and I obviously asked, I know Diz very well, and I spoke to Diz as well. And um, yeah, the process was very thorough. He was outstanding at it uh, through all aspects of that. And um, yeah, it's nice to come out, and, and, and we're ready for him to get, get in Adelaide and get ready to go. I just want to talk about something that you'd obviously like hate to talk about your Boxing Day hundred. Mm. Um, and I was just I looked at the highlights again before we came on to air today, Travis. And uh, into that Test match, you sort of forget, but there's a little bit of pressure on you to score some runs, and then you bat really nicely. And and I'll be the arbiter of how well you batted that day as well. Um, but you, you know, you're batting really nice. You're scoring some runs, and then you're 99. And then Tim Southey just floats up a nice 126 k an hour half volley outside off stump. Cream it through point, yeah, and you bring up the hundred. I mean, when when he bowled that ball, you must have seen that and gone, "Fuck yeah, I'm scoring a hundred today." 
Mate, I think I faced about 60 balls in the 90s and had a tea break. <laughs> yeah. I just, and it's not like me normally just to sit around. I normally get on with it. So, um, yeah, it was nice to, yeah, it was nice to get a little bit of a birthday present from him, which was nice. <laughs> it was actually my birthday a couple of days later. So, nice little early one from him was, uh, was, uh, was very, very fortunate. So, yeah. um, no, I've watched the highlights a lot of times as well. They're pretty good. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but no, it's, yeah, it's one of those things. There's a little bit, there's obviously a lot talked about my spot and, and batting at six is the first guy that, to go out of the team and sure. I obviously unfortunately found that out in the, in the ashes and yeah. um yeah it's just one of those things I, I understand that pressure's there it doesn't bother me too much I know if I can go out and prepare for the games really well and, and perform and um I batted really well in Perth and threw it away again so mm. um it was a big week leading up to, to the boxing day test so it was mm. nice to contribute mm. Travis for, like for a bloke averaging 40 at test level with comparable numbers to guys like Smith and Clark at the same stage in their career like your early forays in the test side still seem like a bit of a roller coaster from the outside you know like one bad score and everyone's hammering you as you said two good scores and you're probably the next test captain um <laughs> so i guess like my question is what's it like being scolded by ricky ponting for a poor shot in front of millions and are you the next test captain <laughs> I, yeah i think i think look at my start of my first class career and um oh shit out i i took over the captaincy averaging 27 onto 30 games with no hundreds um, I think that's, that was a lot of pressure and I think I've just been able to learn my game so it's nice to get a bit of a head start on my test career I guess and, and be the other end of the spectrum and being averaging 40 and hopefully making that go further um, and if I yip up a little bit then it only drops down a little bit and I can get it back and know that but I'm not fighting that and then I guess everyone looks at the averages I'm under pressure the run so it's nice to have a really good start now it's just about putting my foot down and, and, and improving my game which I'm doing consistently and getting a lot better at that and um, yeah, the leadership thing, it's obviously talked about a fair bit. There's a lot of guys, but um, yeah, I'm pretty sweet here in Adelaide at the moment and, and I feel like I'm learning about myself a lot. So um, you're one of those things down the line. I'm never going to chase it. If it falls in my lap, then, then so be it. And um, I feel like I'm going to do a nice job. I've been able to help in the vice captaincy role, which I was surprised to get so early. But um, I think it's been a little bit like that. I've dropped into these positions a fair bit, but now I have a great, great respect for that and what it means and, and, and I feel like I can help where I can. I can't believe it was a year ago, like literally almost to the day that it was a year ago when Australia retained the Ashes. And uh, just another highlights package I'm watching on loop uh, over and over. But like just um, day four, Old Trafford, uh, you know, just trying to get that, just trying to get that second win to at least secure the Ashes. Uh, Pat Cummins opening the bowling, first ball, Rory Burns. You're at sort of a catching wide mid off and like leading edge first ball. I mean, like how little were you expecting that ball and that catch to come to you? And how, like, was there any part of it? Because the camera doesn't like follow the ball. So it's a bit like, you know, no. it was a little bit, it was such a loopy neither, catch. Neither, like, neither did I. <laughs> that's what I was going to ask. Like, you cannot be expecting that. Be like, did you almost drop it? Geez, I moved well. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, mate, when you're at mid-off, mate, mid-off is the best position in the world. I don't know why anyone would want to go to the slips and try and catch him. You stand at mid-off, tap the bowler on the ass, which you actually can't touch anyone now, so it's even better. Um, <laughs> Especially Cummins as well. Yeah. Oh, hard yeah, to resist. It's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, mate, I just stand there and, and you, you don't really, you just get cover drives caned at you if they're about high volleys and then, but you don't really see it much of it off, so it's a fantastic position. Yeah. Um, but you don't expect the old leading edge to come head high at you. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. Early days at, at Manchester, you can't see an absolute thing anyway. It's yeah. dark and cloudy and miserable. Yeah. The dark duke, it was, um, yeah, gee, lucky, lucky she got in. It didn't look like dropping it, but I didn't 
I didn't see it till pretty late. But yeah. it's nice. Well, because like, the, and the next ball is like probably one of the most famous balls of the entire series, where Cummins just cleans up um, Joe Root with that with that unbelievable first baller. Um, I mean, like, can you, can you take us through that? That, that doesn't that doesn't happen if I don't take the hang of the ball. Before, so. <laughs> <laughs> and the nation thanks you for yeah. securing the yeah. ashes. Yeah. Exactly. The untold story. Yeah, it's, that's it's yeah, actually untold yeah, story. Yeah. The leading edge that hits yeah. me on the dick, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> he caught it with his dick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask about Cummins' ball to root, but you still want to talk about yeah. the catch. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. No, I yeah. just want to know, like, can you take us into take us into that moment? Because, I mean, it was such a – like how important was Joe Root, and, you know, Joe Root's wicket during that series and in that moment after what happened in Headingley and all that? And and do you, did you realise, like, how good a ball it actually was at the time or was it just like, oh, fucking you beauty, come on, come dog's on fire here? Yeah, it was a little bit like that, and then you see the replay, and obviously it was a, it was a pretty, she's a pretty flat wicket um, for some blokes. Um, but yeah, Camo's always been able to see. <laughs> Camo's always been able to get that out of that, and I think you see the emotion, I guess, on the guys when you look at Joe getting out throughout the series and yeah. um, Hoff getting him out at Lords early, early doors, and um, getting him out at at, um, at Leeds, and I think the emotion that goes through that, and the, and the scout, I guess, the skipper, and mm. you want to put the pressure on him, and I think we did that throughout the whole. Um, series and um, yeah, come out that come out with one of his better ones um, in one of the biggest games we were playing. So um, it's, it's very impressive. Uh, just an old Trafford Travis going through your Insta. Like I, I noticed the other day, you to, to commemorate the year since. Like you posted a um, a lone picture of the old Trafford huddle. No words, you know, no filter. Like it was dramatic, bordering on emo, to be honest. But um, <laughs> like let's let's talk about the, the circuit after the game. Yeah. Um, like how good was it? Who was the most drunk at the Oval? Because everyone was drunk. And, and does the team regret being drunk at the Oval? <laughs> well, actually, the two photos I, um, I thought about putting up um, was that one. And then um, a photo of me and Lino out in the middle walking back with me with about a four-litre bottle of Maui uh, in my hand drenched. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I opted that one. Um, but, yeah, I'm not big one on words and big one for uh, for stuff um, on social media so I'll just yeah, nice and direct and just put it up I thought it was a nice moment big hot so um, 12 months later but no the the, uh, the celebrations were great the celebrations were great after every test obviously and every test match you win um, they, they it was question marks obviously did we go hard enough did we go too hard going to the next test but it didn't matter because I didn't play so um, <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't affect me. It's uh, all good. When the question mark, when the question mark got thrown around, and maybe potentially why we lost last test, and did we go a bit hard? Then um, yeah, I just snuck out the back, so it was fine. Yeah, um, <laughs> no, no, were, yeah, no, no, they actually weren't. They actually weren't too bad. You'd be surprised. We obviously it was such an important series, and um, yeah, I think such an important series on like something like that with the test that was pretty quick around the corner. Um, I know Edge Baston was pretty good time after first time we had a bit of a break, so um, that was a, that was a great a great night. Um, but um, yeah, I think you got to celebrate every win as you can. I don't think I think we did it the right way, especially for that test, especially how much it meant. We knew how important the last one was, and um, and we lost that. But um, a couple of days after that last test were pretty fun, pretty fun as well, having retained the Ashes in England. So yeah, um, yeah, I got a good sleep on the way home. Well, speaking of celebrating the wins. Uh, Travis, I mean, how much did you celebrate the win, you know, against Pakistan last year when you became the third Australian in the history of cricket to win a Test match without batting, bowling, or taking a catch? Same pay, no pressure. Um, it was, <laughs> <laughs> he's good at side mouth. He's, he's good. He's good. Yeah. 
No, um, yeah, bloody oath. Well, wouldn't you? Um, yeah. I, I couldn't get dropped. Uh, didn't get any runs. Didn't didn't get a hit. Didn't get a bat. Yeah. The only disappointing thing about that, and all jokes aside, I was bloody playing in Adelaide, and I love playing in Adelaide. Yeah. So yeah. I was I was looking forward to hitting a few of my mates, giving me a cheer, and giving me a pat on the back as I walked out the bat, and yeah. um, I didn't. So uh, <laughs> yeah. it was a bit frightening. Yeah. So make sure I'm in there this year to try to try to um, get another game at Adelaide Oval because mm. I love playing. and just much cricket there, but. Um, Interesting game to be playing. Yeah. Uh, look, looking forward to India this summer, Travis. Uh, the, the last time they were out here, there were no tons from Aussie players. No one averaged over 40. Uh, three of the four bowlers uh, averaged over 30 with the ball. Um, so just for our Indian fans out there, importantly, who worries you more, Kohli or Pajara? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. He, I hope he's not back. I hope he's, just, I hope he's out of form when he gets here. Well, he wouldn't have played for a while, but. Um, he won one of the great series I've seen. Um, yeah, and hopefully he doesn't start like that again. It'd be nice. I think, I think we've come a long way from there. We've obviously got a couple of additions into the side with Steve and Davey. And, um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, they, they were incredible last time. It was a good learning curve for me in my first couple of tests to just be in the dirt for three days straight and, um, watch a bloke go about his business. And, um, I learned a lot from that and took a lot from that. So, um, yeah, I think we, we bowled well to Coley. He obviously played well in Perth, but, um, we started well against him. But yeah, Pajara, he was, um, yeah. Bowlers didn't like him too much. Mm. Just to follow up sort of earnestly about like one of our observations and just having the privilege of chatting with a few of the bowls and stuff for the last few years is that like there, there does seem to be or like we tend to observe like this massive respect for Pajara, you know, and I don't know if it's just based on the last series or whatever, but like in, in inside the dressing room, like would you say that the guys – um, would, would be as detailed in their plans to Pajara as Coley? And would, is he as big, if not a bigger threat, you know, to the uh, Australians? I think I think across the board, our guys are well-planned um, for everyone. I don't think they miss anything with anyone. But obviously, there's a lot more chat that probably goes to him because he's got that many runs against the boys. Um, mm. we, need a, we need a pretty good plan. But I think the respect probably comes not just from that series, but you look at, series in India where he, like, he's got some big double hundreds. He's put the, mm. he's put the guys to the sword a few times over there. Mm. Um, and yeah, he does it consistently. He's an unbelievable player. Um, he just, yeah, he just sits in there. He's your old school fashion. Um, stays in there, just blocks the absolute hell out of him. So, um, doesn't play many shots. Disappointed not seeing him in the IPL. I'm not sure why he's not playing that format of the game, but, um, <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, he uh, he just he just eats Red Bull cricket. So yeah, he's um he's been he's been fantastic in, against us and in England, in India, and and Australia. Be really good to see him in the, the IPL. Just twenty five not out of yeah. seven, seventy five rocks, I'm just sure. doing his just job. Knock the, red, knock the shine off it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just knock it around. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I I'm, I assume that you'd be you know desperately hoping that you would pick to to go over to to the UK at the moment. But it's interesting with those guys, like they're going to be in in a bubble one form or another for like five, six months now, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's really strange. I mean, you must be half missing not being there, but also relieved that you're not, you know, in a bubble with Manus talking shit for five months. <laughs> like I don't even drink coffee, so that's one reason not to hang out <laughs> in his room. Um, no, oh, yeah, I'm sh- I was obviously shattered that I wasn't on tour. I was preparing myself the best way I could for that tour, mm. um, and that's, that's how it is. But um, I was preparing myself for a pretty long speed in the hub, um, I went out and brought the new Formula One game on PlayStation and told Jessica that, that no, it's that I'm going to get real good at it. I need the steering wheel as well, which I didn't get over the line. Um, 
I'm going to take it to a hub <laughs> and I didn't get picked and I haven't played F1. So oh, he's sitting, sitting, I'm he's so sitting, sitting there going, you're an idiot. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm preparing for I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think the hub, it's a unique position. You look at the AFL teams at the minute that, <laughs> that are loving it and the, the hype around some of them obviously at the top of that are loving it and the, the shit teams are hating it. So, yeah. um, yeah. but yeah, you just got to embrace it You're with the boys. It's, it's, you're pretty fortunate to be doing what you're doing and having this time out, missing it, you're actually missing. So, um, I'm sure the first week and a half will be great in the hub and then the next six will be a bit of a grind with yeah. some of them. But, yeah. um, yeah. nah, yeah, it's like England, you're on the bus together the whole time. You might as well room together with the whole time. So yeah. it's good fun. And of course, if the AFL loves it, then it must be good. Uh, Travis Head, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us on the show, mate. Wishing you all the best, uh, for the summer and hopefully you do kick on with that, you know, average of 40 that you have. <laughs> I thought you were saying Formula One game. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. And for the Formula One game and your steering wheel and, yeah. and, and going from bubble to bubble. <laughs> No, I look forward. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It's awesome chat. Great to hear from Travis Head there. He goes. It was great to hear from Travis Head. It was. Uh, we're going to talk about our good friends, Budgie Smuggler. We're going to do it quickly. Now, this week in the news, he goes, uh, or this morning, we woke up to news that apparently, allegedly, China has been harvesting, developing a database of deep information on approximately 35,000 Australians. Mm. Um, these Australians are quite senior ranking. Mm. Um, I thought it was going to be my cricket for a second, but then, yeah. yeah well, but perhaps that's what it, it means. It might just be a euphemism. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> my cricket is just China surveillance. Keep that in mind out there. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. That's right, and that's why. The but then when you said they're, they're senior high-ranking officials, well, no one has a job in well, cricket. Well, so. there was a few names mentioned of just information um, that, that had been held on these people. And what um, sort of information? Th- well, we don't know, but. Runs for uh, the offside? Yeah, Motive dismissal. Wa- wagon wheel, wagon wheel, personality wise, yeah, personality, home and away records. Wheel. Well, I first thought as a neurotic narcissist was like, oh, I hope I'm on that list. I'm on the top thirty-five thousand. You wanted, you wanted that information about you. Well, I feel like we're being monitored anyway. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm on TikTok, so whatever. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, um, someone in the US has a week to buy that, according to Trump. Anyway, I was just thinking. So, in terms of the face masks that Budgie Smuggler are offering oh, post yeah. Father's Day, yeah, um, you could think about some of the faces that you might want on that mask. Of the 35,000? 35,000, people who'd be in that top 35,000 in Australia, mm. you know. Of course, there's, there's, there's your political figures. You've got your Morrisons, you've, you know, you've, you've, um, mm. you know, you've got Albanese, mm. all that kind of stuff. But let's, Philip Ruddock. Let's look it down. Yeah, <laughs> some of the exes in there, you know. Yeah. Well, Stan Grant. Stan Grant, uh, yeah. Okay. Would, they, would they be keeping tabs on him? Yeah. Seems to know a lot about China. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Worthington. Exactly. That's mm. right. Yeah, cultural figures. <laughs> ben Williams, the first winner of Big Brother. <laughs> Tatiana Gregorieva. I went to my first um, year of master's uh, university like a, a couple of years ago. I met a guy. Study bit, did you? Yeah. And he came, <laughs> he came He came. up and introduced himself to me. And I'm going to say his name because yeah. uh, he's in jail now, genuinely. Oh, oh right. But he, um, so you can look this up if you want, but he said, I'm X. X. Yeah. Um, I'm Mr. I, X. I, I, I finished second on the first year of Survivor. Uh, that was how he introduced himself to me. In a yeah. urinal. Where did the urinal come into play? That's what I just thought you meant this bloke. No, no, it was just at uni. Okay. Uh, in the urinals. Do you have to add that in? Like, I mean, I feel like the story is good enough as it is. He ends up in jail and now we're in a urinal. Yeah, we're in a urinal. Never yeah. say no in improv. We're in a urinal. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing to me, man? <laughs> he just looked down and he said, here's my number. <laughs> I've heard that before. Yeah. I've heard that before. Uh, anyway, so he, he might be on a mask. I'm just thinking, yeah, 
Perhaps that's an idea for custom face. It's it's just one idea. It's that's just, just one, one idea. idea. You I'm can do whatever you want. Exactly. Put anything you want on that mask. I'm just trying to give you some. Uh, I don't some know why I said starters. Corey Worthington. It's just for some reason when I was seeing the top thirty five thousand. That's uh, thirty five thousand people is a lot. The top thirty five thousand industry leaders. Is every politician in there? Every government official? I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, you didn't go through it. Yeah, be an so, Excel spreadsheet. Budgiesmuggler.com. Pez hashtag AskTGC. Now, Pez, um, long-time listeners of the show. Actually, not even long-time. Sh- sh- short-term listeners um, to the show will will remember Connor. This season. Who Was it? Was it? Yeah. Fuck. I lose, lose track of time. It's like being in a casino. Anyway, Connor's written in again, and the, the, the heading of the email was leukemia update, <laughs> which always catches the eye. Yes. Now, Connor writes in, um, dearest Higrat and Pezzy lad. It's taken off. You mentioned last week that, you're, that you still didn't get updates from those who write in to your show. Well, here I am, cool hands leukemia, <laughs> as I've been dubbed by my mum with a brief update on my ailments. I decided not to go around again this season due primarily to the fact that I bowled two beamers last summer and had to be taken off before my over ended. I'd rather let this illness run its course and deliberately auto-asphyxiate with a pad strap out of my shame in the near future. I did... <laughs> Connor's got some levels, man. Fucking levels. I did, however, thanks to my relatively stable health condition, have an interview for a part-time job the other week in which I was asked, without irony, where I saw myself in five years' time. Immediately, my thoughts sprung to a charity cricket match in which my friends are wearing Stay Strong Connor t-shirts and all my shiploke former captains get run out without facing a ball. <laughs> Beamers are legal. And the kid who used to call me Ron Weasley because of my ginger lid slips on a ball and somehow lands with the cricket bat up his ass. <laughs> 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 the whole thing would be sponsored by Joss Butler, who might be the best looking man I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> what? I guess. I guess my question is: Am I hitting good areas here, or is there something wrong with me, other than my dodgy blood cells? Ah, oh. uh, or maybe I'll just get a tombstone that reads "Bad at eight, bad at eight, and didn't bowl." Needless to say, I did not get the job. That will be all from me. Keep up the good work, <laughs> Connor. Fuck me. I think my favourite bit is that will be all from me. That will be all from me. Oh yes. What going on there? Help. So he kind of wrote in a while ago and he was telling, he asked us the question about what should he play again? He's been diagnosed with leukemia mm. and uh, he's obviously been uh, a favourite in our hearts ever mm. since. Mm. Uh, well, to answer the question, like. Nice to hear. You know, hell, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Like maintain the rage. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to say to the, I mean, it's, sometimes you get those, um, these posts and you can't really add to it because it's, there's so much going on. Yeah. You don't want to, like, Mr. Squiggle it, you know. He's taken it. He's finished I the picture. I don't really want to Mr. Squiggle this one. He's finished the picture. Yeah, he's finished the picture. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I did. it did, like, cause me to want to say, like, if you know, for any listener out there, like, I'm just loving this genre. Like, you know, if you are, if you experience or you are experiencing unimaginable difficulty and you'd like to weaponize it for dark humor for your own <laughs> entertainment, uh, you know, we're prepared to be your vehicle. Uh, just write in greatcricketer.gmail.com or any of the T as well. As, you know, look, we're going to look at, we're going to try and have a discerning lens. If people start creative writing some shit because they're psychos, you know, don't do that. Just, yeah. just let's, let's just leave the lane open. Yeah. If you are going through a tough time, mm. you know, use us. Um, dark stuff's good. This is cricket after this is real cricket. That's, uh, that's real cricket. That's right real there. cricket. Yeah. Why would Joss Butler be sponsoring that event? I don't know. He just threw, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a nice guy. He's threw in there. Nice guy. Yeah. The guy who sledged in lands on the bat up his ass. Yeah. <laughs> Does he? <laughs> you know, sometimes you hear people's, like, imaginations and you think, like, that's actually, it's really quite rhythmic and sequential and comes together quite nicely. Like, my, my dreams and stuff are just shapes. Uh, anyway, 
Alistair Woolgar writes in. Was <laughs> <No. laughs> <Did> you really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not much time for me to bounce off there, but yeah, carry on. Alistair writes in, does he, Pez? Dear Higos and Pezzy lad. You know, <laughs> it's you, so fun to say, man. Yeah. It's like slug. Ah, oh, you slug. Slugly. <laughs> Pezzy lad. In early 2002, at the age of 11, my cricketing passion blossomed. Arriving from New Zealand to Melbourne on a three-year working holiday, my parents inadvertently introduced me to a world of Damien Martin cover drives, Channel 9 Bunnings ads, and ooh-ah Glenn McGrath chants. I became a budding all-rounder at my local primary school, so much so my parents signed me up for a two-day Shane Warne cricket camp, inverted commas, at Scotch College. Being extremely excited to meet my hero, I started the camp by sitting through hours of technical bowling talk from Rodney Hogg, hearing all about Madras from Dean Jones on three separate occasions, and how not to run your partner out with Brad Hodge and Matthew Elliott. This info, whilst being slightly helpful, seemed only, seemed only to impinge on meeting the king of spin. We also played a series of pointless grading games, probably to find the next Michael Clark or Brett Lee. Suffice to say, I didn't get a bowl and batted nine. 24 hours later, still no warn. I'm getting restless now. I've dropped three catches, got out for four in my last game, and still haven't had a bowl. This is getting silly. Why am I here? All I want is for Warney to arrive and tell Dean Jones to shut the fuck up about his 200 and tell Rodney Hogg that DK Lilly was better than him. I take an absolute screamer at Gully, only for the keeper to tell me it was a bump ball. The other team runs two overthrows after I initially threw the ball up in celebration. (laughs) I always think about that. (laughs) 48 hours later, still no warn. I feel like Bart Simpson at Camp Krusty. I'm awaiting my hero that's never showing up. Mr. Black is replaced with Brad Hodge and Jimbo Jones has simply changed his name to Dean. I want to inflict a coup on camp and take all my fellow teammates with me. They, however, are not as forthcoming. Shane Warne never showed up that day. My parents and I moved back to New Zealand where I carried on through my teens and 20s playing for second grade school and club teams. My passion for the game began to diminish. I developed a deep-seated hatred for anyone in a baggy green. I even started following England. In recent times, I'm doing better. At 30, I captain a local T20 team, which is completely themed around the Simpsons called the Stonecutters. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I even have a Steve Waugh-like win percentage of 71.43. Okay. My question is this. <laughs> I seem debating whether to put that line yeah, in or yeah, not. Yeah. Yeah. My question is this. What would have happened to me if I met Warning and stayed in Australia? P.S. Come to think of it, didn't Warney have an injury that year? Hope you one day find your white whale, Wooly. <laughs> he wrote the whole thing, then he was like, oh, no, no, I think about it. Here's the answer. Yes. Because um, I've been um, I've been doing, uh, well, this is going to say, I've been doing a lot of reading on quantum physics. Oh, yeah. Oh, I say a lot. It'll be a reading there. I just, <laughs> no, I've been watching YouTube videos. Um. On quantum physics, because right. I've been going down some holes on the internet, yeah, yeah. some some wormholes, if you will. Were you at that protest yesterday in Victoria Marcus? I, I couldn't make it, unfortunately. I couldn't make it. Um, so Brian Green. Why are you doing this podcast in an anonymous mask? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag look into it. Um, Brian, Green is, Brian Green is an American theoretical physicist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He bats eight and doesn't bowl. He speaks really interesting on quantum physics. So there's... There are lit- there's a um, sort of well-considered, very popular theory that there are multiple parallel universes happening at all times. So infinite number of parallel universes at all times. <laughs> I just wonder how does this get back to war and I'm looking forward to it. Let it go. Let it go. So, for instance, like the, the parallel universes, for instance, 
one universe could be that you and I are doing this podcast, but I'm sitting on that table, you're sitting over on this side of the table. Right. There's one thing where Wooly is hosting this podcast and I wrote in the question. There's an infinite number of parallel universes. Therefore, to answer Wooly's question, there is a universe out there in which he did meet Shane Warne or that he is Shane Warne. Now, I don't know if what that means for his life, but he can spend the next 60 to, seven years, 60 to 7 years thinking about that exact thing. But even still, I don't think that would make anyone happy. <clears throat> Uh, I, I see. So you're sort of like, oh, it actually did happen if you believe quant- quantum yeah. physics. If Everything could happen. You could, yes. Yeah. There are, it's like, it's like, you could be Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Yeah. Without yeah. doubt. And with a straight face. I suppose one of the questions within, thanks for that. One of the questions within this is uh, what happens when you meet Chain Warren? That's, that's kind of what Wooly wants to know. Like, does your life change when you meet Shane Warren? We've had a few experiences. Haven't we? Have, how many have we shared? I've never met him. We've been in the same sphere as him. Oh, there was. Um, I have his phone number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the sequence of numbers is very, I can't obviously, no. but it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I remember in 1994, uh, no, it might have been 95 actually, 95, 96, um, at the SCG, uh, I, I was at the cricket and lucky enough to be in the members, I would have been 10 years old. I was there with my cousin who didn't like cricket. Really, and then, and Shane Warne decided to give some autographs, and sat down outside the the member stand, and we were sort of all lined up outside the ladies stand, or just like in between the ladies and the member stand. Huge line for Warne signature. He took, he took a chair, sat down, and was going through the signatures. And um, my cousin like just had he like it was a huge like snaked around the corner, mm-hmm. and my cousin had like a he didn't have any paraphernalia to sign. I had like a, the latest Inside Edge magazine with an article about Shane Warne. And I was like, Shane Warne was and is my hero. Yeah. And you, you can see where this is going. Finally get there. feel like we've been waiting for hours. Mm. Um, and uh, has uh, my cousin just offers his shirt, you know, just like just sign my shoulder, like the, 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 the <laughs> sleeve. It's just like hand it to him. No, yeah. my cousin's about nine. Okay. Eight. He's disinterested. doesn't care. He's just hanging out. Yeah. Um, Warne has a great chat with him. Oh, how are you, buddy? Do you like your cricket? Um, you enjoying the game, okay. you know? Yeah. And I'm like going, oh, incredible. Just mm. gets mine, signs it yeah. and just leaves. And I was just like, God damn it. Yeah. Um, but it's, that's not the only like weird one. Like I remember at, um, when I was in London, uh, like I went to Old Trafford for, it was like India, India, England, or might've South Africa, England anyway. Mm-hmm. And it was tea time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just happened to be like, like they, they put tea out for the media and stuff like that. And I was just, I was there by myself and like everyone was just in talking to it themselves or whatever. And like Warren walked down and I was like, oh, I still get starstruck with Warren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he walks over and he goes, oh, geez, I'm hungry. Anyone else hungry? He's not talking to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> no one was responding to him. Yeah. And it was to nobody. Yeah. He just sort of says things to nobody. He's like, anyone else hungry? I've seen, I've seen that before. Yeah. I've seen that before where like. Adelaide. Yeah. So I mean, that's your yeah. story, but I'm yeah. just more saying that like. He just holds such great presence yeah. that everyone in his sphere knows exactly who the fuck he is. Yeah. So he can just say that out loud and then one's like, well, I want his on again. Exactly. It's everyone incredible. just pokes an ear for what he's saying. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Gee, I'm hungry. Yeah. And the other one was, uh, yeah, Marcus Harris taking a catch against India um, at Adelaide. And he was just saying in the press box where he was in a suit with no shoes um, <laughs> and his shirt out at about 11 a.m. Gee, Harry would have been nervous under that. He's probably said about five times. There was there was no one within... Ten meters. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just said, so what's he doing? Gee, <laughs> <laughs> Harry would have been nervous. I don't think I'm um, revealing any secrets here that um, Warney has a penchant for the ladies. No, I don't know if I told you this. So, like, must be good. So, um, for some reason, I have Warn's number in my phone, um, and 
I've obviously never used it and I have no intention of ever using it, but, um, but it's there, there's, but it's there, <laughs> but, but, it, but it is there and it is his number. <laughs> Good radio would be to call it. <laughs> It's not happening. It's, it it's is not, not happening, happening. It's not happening. But it would be good radio. It will get to a point where I will have my phone, a couple of drinks, and then let's. And no, I'm not doing that. Anyway, there's um there's a there's a dating app uh, which exists, and you have <laughs> to you have to um, apply for it essentially. And oh, when, this is elite. Oh yeah, here we go. Oh, you know about this? Oh yeah, but but only through you. Yeah, okay, right. Yeah. So I've forgotten. So when, when explain that. So there's dating app. It's called Raya. And it's like it, the origins of it was that it's a celebrity dating app. And so I was I, – I have it. And, How? How? Uh, I was talking to another cricketer yeah. at the Cricket Awards at about four in the morning yep. and um, he told me about it. And you have to – to get accepted on it, you have to get referred to it. So you get a code and you have to prove that you're friends with that person. Do you recall how the like how that conversation started? No. Like you guys are just chatting about dating and he's like, oh, have you seen this app? Yeah, that's no. right. That's right. That's how I'll it started. Ha- and he's like, oh, you get invited. I'll refer you. That's right. That's right. Nice. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so the kind of people on there, it's just a lot of people who are like, you know, who are famous or who do stupid podcasts on the internet. So, uh, but anytime that you, uh, match with someone who has also matched with someone who's in your phone, it comes up and I swear to God. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Mate, the amount of times Shane W comes up as a, as a mutual friend. My God. <laughs> I don't know why he finds a time. It's no secret. Yeah, that's no it's secret. It's no secret the work he gets through. <laughs> Jay King writes in, Dear Pezzy Lad and Higo, I really need your advice as there is something playing my mind lately that has been really bothering me. Three times in the past week whilst walking my dog, I have spotted our 34-year-old first 11 opening bowler at the nets with his dad. He'd be 60-odd. They both bat and bowl to each other. Side note, our opening bowler also bats 11 and can't hold a stick. Should I be pleased for our opening bowler and keep it to myself that his dad still cares about his cricket and they have a relationship where they can bond whilst they bowl tricky areas to each other and challenge each other's outside edges? Or do I have an obligation to out my opening bowling partner on our team group chat and therefore assert myself as alpha? Looking forward to your thoughts, yours in cricket, Jay. Well, Jay, if you believe that outing him would assert yourself as the alpha, then you have an obligation to do that. Um, as opening bowling partner, uh, just straight up. I think uh, I think it depends though on the nature of the competition between the father and the son. Because it, like uh, my first thought is like it's quite a beautiful thing, father son in the nets at that age. It's, it might be a ritual that they share. And I'm not going to get misty eyed. Like I've been getting a bit misty eyed about parenting stuff lately. Uh, it's more like if there's a 60 year old kicking around in the nets at full tilt, like fucking all power, yeah, all power. to that person, oh, my back is destroyed. Mm. He's 60. Mm. He's raised one child, probably others. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't get your hips through the crease for your absolutely. leggies at 60. So, uh, no if, way. He's playing against his 34 year old son who, for whatever reason, he's opening the bowling somewhere so he can play. I'm kind of like curious to watch a 60 year old just go toe to toe with his son. <laughs> like if they're going at full tilt. Like if it's a kind of a thing they're in the nets, like, oh, that's a nice ball, Dad. Yeah, yeah. like just, oh, this is a good yeah. – I want you to like try my bat out. It feels nice and they're just doing yeah. it because it's the way they bond. That's all well and good. Let them let them go. That's lovely. Just a grey-haired man coming in, mm. rolling the arm over. Mm. Son's just patting it just back. Just a grey-haired man rolling yeah. the arm over. But if he's coming off like 20 yards, you know, <laughs> overstepping, uh, <laughs> just doing a bit with the yeah. ball and the son's like, geez, and yeah. there's actually a real father-son mm. dynamic going on. Yeah. Like Dad's not ready to, like, to, to let go, to relinquish. 
Vanquish yes. the alpha role. Yes. I'll, I'll, that's the popcorn gift for me. You know? <laughs> Setting him up, pushing him back with two short ones and yeah. a full one. So I'll just say be careful before you sort of think that you're going to become alpha by outing this. I don't know. Yeah, but you could also weaponize it massively. Weapon, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm big into weaponizing it, yeah. which is in you've started, and I'm all mm. into it. It's so all. you could definitely weaponize this and use this as a power play. Mm. Um, like I saw, let's, let's say that the opening bowler's name's Tom. Okay. But I just saw Tom's Tom's dad nicked him off four times. Yeah. And then littered him. Yeah. And if you can film that from a suitable distance so it's verified that it's happening, mm. just to plant a few seeds of doubt. Behind a tree. Definitely behind a tree. Yeah. Definitely. If you can get some foliage into the shot yeah. as well, make it quite cinema, 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 it gets, cinematographic. He gets littered, you, you hear the, the ball on grill, you hear the sound of the ball shattering onto grill, and then the, the phone starts vibrating because you're giggling. <laughs> grainy, <laughs> grainy footage. Now and he's, Tom, oh. Tom's being littered by his dad. Yeah. Dad walks down the deck, hands yeah. on hips, yeah. just like looking down at his son going, you're a disgrace. Yeah. I can still do you in. Yeah. You're adopted. Yeah. <laughs> also, you're adopted. And I chose this moment to tell you that when you're 34 years That's old. That's right. Blood running from the cut on his eye. <laughs> like Ponting facing exactly. Harmison. You're not my son. My son would have pulled that. <laughs> <laughs> He's captain of industry. <laughs> uh, last one, Pez? Yeah, last one, last one. Okay, yeah. Charlie Rawcliffe. Charles, sorry. Charlie, just presume they call you Charlie. Charles Rawcliffe writes in. Hello, gents. Fairly confident I may be your one listener from Clifton, USA, that you mentioned last week. Uh, I live in the town next door, but if there are two of us in the area, I'll be shocked. Now, you should be shocked because somebody else wrote to us, Mizzy, wrote to us and said he's the guy from Clifton. So, <laughs> oh, seriously? Seriously. Yeah. Fuck, we've got we to gotta do some stuff in New Jersey, man. Yeah. That'd be a good show. Yeah. <clears throat> looking forward to going to the States at the moment as well. States are going well. <laughs> Let me take this opportunity to ask an important question. As a truly village standard medium pace bowler and specialist number 11 bat – who has played cricket back home in England, briefly in Australia, and also here in the States. In August, I declared myself eligible to be drafted into the soon-to-be-started USA Major League Cricket T20 competition. As I have not played in three years and refuse to link any form of my cricket slash stats page due to both this and my horrendous career averages, I was not drafted. Well, how do they do the draft on my cricket? Hmm. Here's the question. Is it acceptable to now describe myself to others as an undrafted professional cricketer? Furthermore, as much as I would love to see cricket take off in the States, am I now obligated to shun the league due to being rejected or can I still support it and hopefully help spread the sport I love around the world? Cheers, Charlie. P.S. Clifton is in New Jersey, America's most glamorous state. There has to be enough people and there has to be enough people in America who would love cricket. <clears throat> there has to be. Also, we can see how many people listen to this from the States and it's actually mm. quite a few. Um, like, I mean, expats and stuff. I mean, if it's big in Hong Kong, and Hong Kong's got no space to play any cricket, then surely there's enough space somewhere in the States to start up some stuff. They've got so few sports as well in the States, really. They play like four different sports. Mm. I think there's a big enough population to play it there. I think, like... Also, oh, there's I a huge Indian and there's like a West Asian community there as well. Yeah. Charlie, firstly, Charlie should be calling himself an undrafted professional cricketer Absolutely, if he's got the opportunity. Yes. I mean, in many ways, we are all that. I've still got my um, luggage tags on my kit. Yeah. So you should definitely do that. Uh, and I think I, I harbored a dream at like 20, like oh, I wonder if I could just relocate to the USA and just Fuck play yeah. international cricket. Imagine yeah. like playing stars and like you're in the World Cup qualifier. You've got a yeah. couple of like grade cricket mates who've come with you. Mm. You live in New York mm. and you've got like stars and stripes one day kit. Like it's just the flag Fuck but as yeah. a one day kit. 
Fuck you kick yeah. around in New York yeah. and representing the US of A and then occasionally. Star Spangled Banner. Exactly. Fergie's doing it probably. You're laughing at that. You get like, you get one game against Australia where you get absolutely hammered, but someone mm. nicks off an Australian player and it's just, it's just on. It's cocker. It's just on. It's, it's just, just on. I've said before, the first ever, it, it is claimed that the first ever international yeah. game of cricket was between Canada and the USA. Yeah. Central Park was initially planned to be cricket fields and that AG Spalding, when cricket was uh, I suppose taking on baseball as mm. America's sport. AJ Spaulding said real men played baseball. Mm. And right they were. The first time I went to New York was after the our UK book launch in 2018. Of course. And I got in the cab from JFK and within 14 seconds there was a game of cricket being played and I was just like, I cannot escape this sport. This game, it's man. just everywhere. And like yeah. I saw it from the cab and uh, this guy like bowled the ball and was hit and then I – Realised that my neck was craning to follow the ball. I like just try and get the – I was like, oh, what's – Yeah, what happened? What calculation are you doing every time you drive past a game and watch it? Like is the – are you watching for – just because you like the game? Well, is, cal- <laughs> is, cal- is the calculation basically like am I better than these people? Yeah. And how? what standard is this? Yeah. Yeah, and am I better? The, and the base level is, is this is fucking shit. Is shit. It start, that starts from that start, th- position. That's, that's the position. It's like the burden of proof yeah. is on the team to prove they're better than you. Yeah. Yeah. Because now I could like, now if I go past a grade game and it's like first grade, I was like, mm, standards dipped. Exactly. <laughs> Since I was playing. Bigger muscles, but don't really have the same read of the game. <laughs> i tell you what I'm sick of. When Stoinis <laughs> hits a six and he's like, he can't just hit a six and be like, great shots. Like, oh, he's a big, strong lad. He muscled that over the fence. Yeah. No, he's just got a bat, which is a fucking railway sleeper like they all do, and they nick him for six now. Anyway, he's a big boy. Thanks to Travis said. See you guys on Patreon this week. And see you next week. <laughs>